you know, I think there's a, a big difference between happiness and joy. You know, happiness, it's things that happen to you, but joy is kind of what you control. Hi, my name is Philip Anthony Mangan, and you are entering a world gone good. Hello, and welcome again to World Gone Good, the podcast where we are shining a little bit of light during a little bit of a dark time. My name is Steve, and I am so happy you are here. Before we get started with today's show, I'd like to give you the friendly reminder that you can support World Gone Good just by tuning in, which you're already doing, sharing, subscribing, and yes, even giving some honest feedback. So whatever platform you're listening on, have at it. I want you to know I truly appreciate you helping me spread around the good. Okay, so I think we've all learned a lot during this time in our history. We've learned about separation and patience and how to make pretty decent banana bread and or sourdough starter. But for me, and maybe you feel this way too, this time right now has taught me to slow the F down. And it's taught me to live in the moment. My moment, your moment, this moment. And that's exactly what Philip Anthony Mangan has learned and has put into action. So uh, you were living kind of a dream for a lot of people, including, um, I would say, myself. Um, you are somebody who made a huge life change. Um, a lot of people, I think, uh, say, I'm going to toss it all away and run away to paradise and start my own life that I've always dreamed of. But I want you to talk about that and talk about um, the change and what that all meant to you. So I'm going to let you have the floor. Take us back as far as you want to go um, okay. and where you are now. Sure. Okay. So a little bit about me. Um, the past uh, three and a half years, um, I've been living in New York um, in the modeling and acting industry. Uh, prior to that, I ran my own business, a party bus company for seven years straight. And, uh, you know, so I, I had a, I had a pretty big, uh, career shift when I took the leap and moved to New York. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't move to New York cause someone was offering me a contract or anything. It kind of just was a place I wanted to live. And I was ending, uh, my business, my current business, uh, the party bus company, cause the insurance rates were just getting so high. And, um, was just looking for a fresh start and I knew New York was the place that uh, I wanted to be at. I wanted to live there for, I don't know, like probably about 15 years prior to that. And uh, finally, I just, you know, was like, okay, this is the time. This is the moment to go. I have experience running my own business. Let me see what happens. I, I didn't go with a job or anything like that. I just knew let's, let's go there. So then when I went there, that's, uh, you know, one thing led to another and it, it just kind of the modeling thing kind of fell into place. I mean, no one gave it to me. Uh, honestly, it was, a, it was a lot of work to, to get into the position that I, that I was in, in the whole process of making bigger changes to my life. I ended up becoming a vegan, you know, that just kind of opened the door to so much more. I went vegan for nutritional reasons. I just, you know, I watched a documentary, what the health. You know, it just really spoke to me because I'd been big into nutrition for several years prior to that, you know, for most of my life. You know, the next day I just made the switch. The vegan uh, life definitely, you know, changed my whole mindset entirely about so much different stuff. 
when I found out about the environmental impact that uh, vegans have, that was the, you know, the, the deal. It, it just solidified, you know, me as a vegan. And I decided uh, to kind of utilize that and uh, put some purpose behind my modeling platform. And uh, since I, I love to write and I love to connect and, uh, and teach others, I kind of, you know, just switch my, my Instagram handle to the, the vegan model and kind of just let it evolve. And a big part of my modeling uh, career, um, I would always just utilize my, my uh, powers that may be <laughs> for good. And uh, I mean, even though I don't think, you know, modeling or acting is anything special to begin with, I mean, I think it's, it's great. It's a creative outlet. I don't think, you know, we need to look at it in a certain way, but I thought, hey, if well, if people want to look at it in this way, then maybe they'll listen to the words I have to say. I think towards the end of like 2019, I started really getting in from, in, into uh, more of the gardening stuff and the, the soil and just realizing how much uh, that's connected to, you know, different planetary stuff, you know, especially climate change. You know, long story short, the, the pandemic hit and, uh, you know, I was in New York at the time living and. I, you know, as, as most people, you know, I was, I was afraid to, to, to stay there. And, uh, thankfully I'm from Florida and my parents were, you know, welcoming me back. So I, I got out of the city before it got too bad, went down to Florida and, uh, you know, I created a garden. So you were in Florida, you were living with your parents. How does Hawaii factor into this? When did Hawaii become the destination? Yeah. Yeah, It's funny. Cause, uh, Hawaii was never on my radar. Uh, you Have know, you ever been to Hawaii before? No, I never been to Hawaii before. Um, never thought about even going to Hawaii and and visiting or even you know you know obviously here you know Hawaii's paradise. It's beautiful. And I heard about this this program and it was actually it's funny because I actually looked up when I when I first heard about it and I saved the link. But it's called you know it's called Woofing. Basically, it's like the worldwide organization of organic farms i believe that's what it stands for and it's basically where you can link up with um farms of different you know statures whether it's organic i mean all of them are organic in some sort of way but all of them specialize in different things and uh, i remember looking at that link you know back at the end of 2018 and just being like wow this sounds like a great experience like i want to do this one day and it's you know it's, it's basically where you trade trade your time, you know, your energy, you know, for a place to stay and and for food. And, you know, you get to go and live on the farm, et cetera. You know, work trade is basically the term that it goes by. And uh, I just remember like, wow, this sounds a great experience. And, uh, you know, put that in, save that link and just, you know, had that thing in the back of my head. So when this time came about with the coronavirus, honestly, when I first got to my parents' house, I knew right away I was going to do wolfing. And it just, I was like, I'm going to do that. Because you know what? I know a lot of good can come from a bad situation. And I've been in those situations before. What did your parents think of the idea of woofing? I think my parents learned a while ago that I was never going to take the normal path in life. I have two brothers and, and 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 they've always said, you know, like, you each of you guys are different you know and and my parents have always kind of supported in a certain way but I think it really was more of an eye-opening like after I you know I graduated college that I and I started taking my own path and make and finding some success with it that they were more okay well this is how he's gonna be 
part of me felt like, you know, I was in my comfort zone there and I was leaning on them for help. And I was like, you know what? I want to go and, 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 you know, and, and go back out and, and kind of go into this discomfort and kind of take this leap where I'm standing on my own two feet, where I'm not just sitting at home, you know, and letting them provide for me. And, uh, that was one of the bigger drivers for me. Like I knowing that, like, I didn't want to stay there and feel like, you know, this is, this is my life and I'm back living with my parents kind of thing. So even though it was nice and it was great to be around them and spend time with them, you know, part of me always has thought too, like, I don't want to, you know, keep leaning on my parents in some sort of way, even though they support me, you know, there, there's a point in time where you're just like, you don't really feel comfortable with that. And for me, that's, that's, that's been a driver and it's a motivator too. I told my mom I was looking for like internships at first, uh, farming internships. Cause I was thinking like, well, why can't I, why can't I maybe do not work trade and actually do work and actually do an internship where, you know, apprenticeship where you're getting paid to do it. So I was looking up that first. And then uh, honestly, the one day my mom, like, I guess heard about wolfing from a friend and she men- mentioned that. And I said, yeah, I'm looking into that too. So, it, you know, it was cool to like, kind of hear her mention that. And then when I told my dad it, about it at first, they, you know, they just, they're all for it. And then the funny thing is, I don't even know if I would have thought about coming to Hawaii if I didn't like kind of go on there. And I like said something to my dad, like, yeah, they even have some in Hawaii and they, they traveled to Hawaii a couple of years ago. And, and my dad was like, wow, like if I was doing that, I would go to Hawaii, you know, cause wow. just imagine that experience, you know, how, and they knew how amazing Hawaii was. And then, you know, it almost kind of from them putting it out there, or my dad putting it out there kind of made me kind of broaden my, my thoughts about, you know, going so far away. It's all about the perception. So I just had to change my perception about saying like, hey, well, what's the worst that can happen? I come out here for a month and I, I enjoy Hawaii and I have an experience and then I go back if I, if I, if I don't like it. And just kind of twisting in that way, there was really no, no lose scenario in that. It was a win-win either way. So that's kind of like what, what brought me here is just kind of really just having the faith that, you know, hey, I'm going to. I'm going to yield something from it either way. And, you know, it's going to push me to, you know, outside a place I've, I've never been before. What island are you on and where are you living on that island? Let's start there. I have another question to follow up. Sure. Um, I am on uh, the island of Maui and I am living in a, uh, it's a, it's a little bit uh, off grid from, uh, you know, any of the major towns here, but uh, I'm living at a 13 acre farm. Um, I'm actually currently living with a uh, the owner of the farm sharing a, a house with her in a two bedroom place, so that is that is kind of my situation right now, and I am uh, actually going to probably continue living here for until the holiday time, I believe. Talk about your daily journal that you that you do online. Well, I have a couple of journals I keep, but um, you know, I keep a gratitude journal at night, and that's something that is uh. It's something I started over like a year, year and a half ago almost. I started it, uh, yeah, probably about the summer of 2019. And that's been great because it just kind of like keeps you aligned with like being thankful for the, the simple things in life. Like, you know, just, you know, having food, shelter, water, um, or but just other things, you know. I've, and I think when you can channel gratitude and write it down and kind of just take, you know, five, ten minutes of thinking about that stuff, it really relays over into other areas of your life. But um, I also do a morning uh, journal, and this is kind of a free-flowing journal. 
and this is honestly probably the thing that I always talk about when, you know, I, I'm also a health and wellness coach. So when I coach people, I always say, keep a journal, keep a journal, because, you know, a lot of those, uh, a lot of those moments in my journal, it's just really me reflecting on how I'm feeling, you know, and, and all these different, you know, things that are going through my head. And it's kind of almost helping me decipher stuff that, um, you know, a lot of people don't take the time and to quiet the noise and to decipher those things. And, uh, and one of the best things about journaling, in my opinion, is, you know, you can you can look back on it and see how you were feeling then and, and kind of see the growth and not only see the growth. You know, sometimes you see stuff that you need to to go back to, you know, maybe you lose track. So there's 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 a, a lot of good that comes in journaling. And it's definitely been uh, my it's one of my forms of therapy. And, uh, and I do like to write a lot. You know, one of my goals is to to write a book. But, uh, you know, I like journaling because it's just really f- free flowing and kind of like there's no structure to it. And I think it's, it's just good for reflection. And I, and I highly suggest if anyone, you know, is listening out there to to start a daily morning journal. And, you know, before you let any of the noise come into your head, you know, of, you know, whether you're I don't touch my phone for the first hour of the day. And, uh, you know, I just that's the first thing I get up. I get up and I go outside here and I with my journal and I write and it's about 10, 15 minutes. And, you know, it's whatever is on my mind and whatever, you know, sometimes it's problems I create myself. Sometimes it's things I'm going through that I have to maybe look at in a different way, you know, but it's something that is definitely that's held me together um, for a lot of my past couple of years of doing it. So I suggest anyone, you know, if you're looking for something to do that could better you start a journal. Um, I'll tell you two things. First of all, you you just answered the next question, which is how do you start your day? Um, so there's that. And number two, we have a we have a happy we call it a happy full jar. Um, and uh, what we do is we write things down all year long, and then on New Year's Eve we dump this thing out, and we have like anywhere between seven seventy five a hundred of these. We don't do it every day, but we have all of them dated and we open them up and it's going to be like, I bought a book. I, I, you know, we took that walk. We went here, we had this meal. I figured out how to do this, you know, whatever it was. And, and you just, it, it's the simple little things that come back to you that you're just like the, this is, these are the moments. These are the simple, easy little moments that, oh, yeah. that- we are. Yeah. We, we lose track of. Oh yeah. No. And I, and I love that idea the happy full jar. I mean, it, it, you hit it right on the, you know, the note right there. It's, uh, you know, a lot of things I put in my gratitude journals, you know, same things, uh, you know, same things each day because I know that, you know, I'm channeling the things that I know make me better if I'm grateful for something. So like, I'm going to try to do more of that. You know, I think there's a, a big difference between happiness and joy, you know, happiness, you know, it's things that happen to you, but joy is kind of what you control. So if you can do things that bring you joy, so like for me, you know, doing my journal in the morning, doing yoga in the morning, doing, having a cup of coffee, you know, and sitting and watching the sunrise, like those things bring me joy. So those things always constantly make it to my gratitude journal. Even like just talking to my mom, like that brings me joy, like, cause I know I'm connecting. Um, so I think that's, that's where people like get things wrong. They're waiting for things to happy, happen to them that make them, you know, like feel this way, but we, we just need to be channeling more joy into our lives because that's, that's simplicity right there.
you are living on a farm in Maui and the daily tasks and even the weekly tasks or monthly goals, if you will, of working off the land, who's deciding what those are? Is, is it something you're deciding on a date? Like speak, can you speak to that of, of like what, how does the farm evolve and who's making the decisions on what the farm is going to be? The great part of this experience has been a lot of the creative control of what is going on as far as like getting planted in the garden um, has been given to me. Uh, Still, it's, you know, it's not my show. I'm not the owner, but I do have, I've built up a great relationship with the owner and she trusts me and she knows like my vision for this place. And, And one of my goals here is to provide food security for them and whoever else they have coming in to this place. And uh, she just, you know, she's she's definitely given me this, uh, her tr- given me her trust, and uh, it allowed me to do a lot of things that I don't think I would have gotten to do elsewhere. So very thankful for that. But you know, overall, there's there's still projects that I do on a daily basis that you know wouldn't be my first choice of doing. But you know, when you're doing work trade, that's you know, it's not your land, it's not you know your show. So. Some, and that was one of the, you know, the battles I had to to deal with because I haven't, you know, worked for anyone in, in, in years, you know, over 10, 10 plus years. So, you know, adjusting to it's not always what, you know, I want or this and that it's, you know, that's that was a definitely a, a bit challenging for me. But at the same time, I think it's good to get out of your comfort zone in that way and, and just kind of re- remind you of, you know, different things that you really want or do you want to do you want to w- always work under someone or not but uh yeah it's been great either way i've been able to kind of uh develop what um the vision might might happen you know might might look like you know for for future generations that come here what advice would you give somebody who is looking into doing something similar um i would uh well a i would just if if you're looking for this type of experience, there's so many opportunities on that work trade site. Again, it's it's called Woofing W W O O F. Uh, just search search that on Google, and the website will come up. But uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I would I would be patient with finding the right farm that you know might fit you. Honestly, I st- I signed up for the Woofing webs on the Woofing website like a a month and a half before I actually solidified this and made this happen. And I was very patient. I was looking at different options and nothing really uh, was like, oh man, I can see myself here or this. I, I just really wanted to make sure I was making the right choice where I didn't have to go bounce around. You know, I wanted to find a place where I can kind of um, plant myself, I guess you would say as well. You know, there's plenty of options out there. It's just about finding what you're looking for. This one is great because it's uh, basically agroforestry. You know, it's, it's, so one of the the better uh, things that we can be doing, ways of growing, as far as like environmental, is you're incorporating things into the forest rather than tearing that forest down. This is one of the things I learned about before I signed up in you know for the woofing, and when when they told me that was kind of their vision, I, that's what really really spoke to me. But yeah, I think anyone that's looking to even get started gardening or anything like that, you know, there's plenty of information out there. But I would just kind of um, like, and, and I'll just kind of like throw this in here. Like my style of farming is, is about less work, more production. So 
I'm big into perennial plants. So if no one knows, uh, annual plants, you know, you have, they only grow, you know, once, you know, for the, for the season, and then you have to plant them every year, basically, hence the name annual. Perennial plants continue to produce. They don't die. They're like trees. Trees don't just grow for a year and die. So I've been really big into finding different types of perennial vegetables to plant here that if I leave and no one is here to tend to the garden, they will thrive still, you know, with very, very, very little maintenance. And that is the style of farming that I'm about because it shows that you don't have to dedicate all of your time. Sure, you have to you have to make a foundation here to actually put things in the ground and that are going to, th- you know, get them in a, in a stable environment. But once you, they establish themselves, they will keep producing. So I, I think this is the future of farming, to be honest. And I that's what excites me is just just different way of doing it, if creating a, an abundance of food in a small space, you know, stuff that's going to keep providing where you don't have to just put in so much manual labor that you're breaking your back over. Okay, three more questions. Who inspires you? I'd say, um, first off, um, my mom. Uh, my mom inspires me from uh, what she's been through, um, you know, health-wise and, you know, and, and her way of looking at life and just being very compassionate to, to everyone. And uh, my dad inspires me because of his work ethic. And, you know, I know it's instilled in me. Um, And then I'd say probably like, I'm going to throw Oprah in there because Oprah honestly has been a big, like I got into, you know, listening to her books at a point in my life that, uh, you know, it was about a year and a half ago that I was at this crossroads and it just really spoke to me in this way. I even saw Oprah live before the coronavirus happened in, in New York. I was like, you know, probably one of the only, you know, 100 guys there. But the thing is, like, her and, and her, you know, ability to see things and help people in a certain way and elevate them and, and motivate them to be better, that's that's one of my goals. And that's, like, so just seeing what she's been able to do and her her way that she sees life in certain ways and her never giving up, you know, like she – she was at the top when she was running her show. That you know, I didn't mean like, hey, my life's over. She just took took on a new direction. I think, you know, seeing similar people like you know do do similar things, you know. So like, that's you know, she just kind of is doing something that I'm striving to do. So that's that's why she inspires me. You know. Okay, this is the easiest one. Where can people find and follow you? All right. Um, well, I'd say you probably follow me the most right now on my Instagram. Uh, and that is at the underscore vegan model. Or, um, you know, you can, if you're, if, if anyone's interested in, you know, health and wellness coaching, my health and wellness coaching platform is called, um, you can go to the website, it's called myfittesthour.com. And, uh, you know, fittest, F-I-T-T-E-S-T. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's plenty of ways, but I'd say the vegan model Instagram page will link you to all the other little projects I have doing. And I think I'm about to start creating a, uh, a YouTube channel here and teaching people about different plants, you know, because that's essentially that's now that I've, you know, spent three months, you know, kind of really teaching myself. I want to pass that information along uh, to other people. So stay on the lookout for that. I'm sure you'll be able to find it via my Instagram. But uh, yeah, 
Uh, appreciate a follow if you guys do. And this is the last question that I'm asking everybody. It's free form and you can answer it any way you want. The question is, tell me something good. Something good. All right. Um, what's good to me is, is seeing people help each other and, uh, you know, kind of look at simplicity in certain ways of, you know, what's going on in the world right now. How can we come together? It's compassion for others. Thank you and mahalo to Farmer Phil, as he calls himself. Next time we are in Maui, I can't wait to get a tour of the farm. Next time on World Gone Good. We don't go through the world looking for trouble. We know it, we know it exists, but I think we're, we're so conscious of also navigating the good, navigating around uh, adverse situations that when they do, you know, I mean, this was a situation in some where this man just came upon me. I mean, I was literally minding my own business. I didn't even make eye contact with him and he chose me. My friend Mary Edwards was verbally and almost physically assaulted by a white man simply because Mary is black. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, uh, I thought this was a show about good things, Steve. Well, it is, trust me. This is a story you need to hear because we're going to answer a question, a very important question, which is how do we make good come out of a truly bad situation? I hope you'll join me. Until then, be good.